0: Today, we have with us Jill Angelo. Jill is the co-founder and CEO of GENEV, which is an online clinic for menopause. Prior to running GENEV, Jill had a 20-year career in technology, 15 of those years at Microsoft in various executive roles, and she recently joined the board of directors for the Special Olympics of the state of Washington. So Jill, great to have you here. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. So tell me a little bit about your background.
1: You know, really just kind of like you said in the intro, I have really grown up in the technology space. I've seen the value of what technology can bring to the world in terms of, you know, efficiency, in terms of, you know, empowering people to do new things. And a big part of what I intended to do when I left my career at Microsoft to start Genev was to really fill and address a gap in women's healthcare where there's just been very little innovation. And I saw technology as a means to bringing and giving more women access to quality care providers for post-reproductive care, uh, starting with menopause.
0: So is that why you started the the company? You rec- you recognize there was a, a gap there?
1: Yeah, I did. You know, I I not only saw women in the workplace leaving or talking about some of the symptoms that they were really struggling with at this time of life, but I was on the cusp of it myself. And um, I'm certainly a patient of what we do. And so when you're going through an experience yourself, it certainly brings it home and, and makes it personal. And it's just been Really, a mission to improve the standard of care for women in menopause from the from the day we started.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a big career switch for you. You know, someone working in technology and then and then going to become a, a CEO. Tell me about how you how you did that and some of the challenges you faced.
1: Yeah, you know, I think some of it I, it's kind of a gift. I'm naively optimistic, and in a way, I didn't know what being a CEO was all about. You know, I've been in executive roles, but in a big company when you have big teams and budgets and, you know, you're working collaboratively across a lot of different people. And this was a whole new world where when I launched out, I was pretty much on my own. You fight for every meeting you can get, you figure everything out, you do every job. And so it's been... I'd say a, a humbling job. Sometimes CEO sounds like a flashy title, but at the end of the day, it means you get to, you're responsible for everything until you are able to bring somebody in to take that function and and take it forward and even do it better. Uh, most often do it better than you've ever done. So it's it's been an incredible and humbling transition and I've I've loved it, but very hard work.
0: Let me just pause for a second. That was a perfect answer. That was really good. Next question I'm gonna ask you a little bit more about Genev. Jill, tell me a little bit about the company and you're helping women with menopause. You know, I would just think on the surface that, you know, this is something that would be addressed by, you know, someone's family physician, but it seems there's a big enough gap here for you to start a whole company. Can you comment on, on that a little bit?
1: Yeah. First, I'll start with what we actually do and then and then explain why we do it that way. So we are an online clinic. We're a virtual clinic. We provide an integrated care model, which means we bring multidisciplinary experts together to bring and help women um, find the treatment that they need for the myriad of symptoms. So menopause is a hormonal shift that every single woman goes through starting in her 40s, and it can last for 20 years between perimenopause and postmenopause. And those there's kind of two phases because perimenopause is leading up to one day, which is menopause, which has been 12 months consecutively of no menstrual cycle. And on the other side of that is postmenopause. Throughout that 20-year journey, symptoms will shift and change based upon the fluctuations in hormones that are just, again, part of this natural evolution that women go through. And when you think about the symptoms that are associated, there's 34 of them to be precise. And it's things beyond what we typically think about with just hot flashes or moodiness. It's also, you know, very irregular periods. It is uh, depression. It is weight gain. It is insomnia heart palpitations. In some cases, women really struggle with brain fog and forgetfulness and then painful sex. And there's a lot of sexual dysfunction during this time. And every woman goes through this transition differently. There's no one size fits all. And so when you think about how do you bring women relief from their experience in menopause, you've got to think about the whole person and whole person care. And so our model is all about integrated care. We have both clinicians that are OBGYNs that are providing the medical guidance and diagnosis and even prescription support. And then we also have a team of health coaches who are registered dietitians that really address nutrition and fitness and sleep and um, mindfulness. And in that model women come to genev.com and they can book an appointment with a doctor to start with. And then oftentimes that doctor will recommend they also work with a health coach and they can continue to work with that coach on a monthly basis on a unique plan that is uh, created just for them. And how women traditionally have done this in the past is by going to a, a family practitioner or primary care or GP. And interestingly, The healthcare profession doesn't have any formal education for family care providers, for GPs around this part of women's health. They're flying blind, if you will. Gynecologists, one in five of them take the elective course on menopause. So there's even very little formal education for gynecologists. And so as we think about women and when they go to their primary care physician, oftentimes that physician, again, needing to know a lot of things about a lot of things, if your patient is complaining of not being able to sleep and gaining weight, even though she hasn't changed anything and moodiness more than often women are prescribed a sleep medication or an antidepressant and they're told to go lose weight versus really understanding and looking at the underlying issues of hormonal change that are really creating these symptoms that are in front of them, as well as potential ones down the road. And so when you think about the quality of care and treating what's happening at the root cause versus just the band-aiding kind of the symptoms. That's the big difference between what has been status quo versus where we're trying to take the standard of care for women moving forward.
0: Yeah, it's funny you said band-aiding the symptoms when you were describing it. That's what I was thinking. This is the traditional treatment for this has been like a band-aid on a bullet hole.
1: Yeah, very much so.
0: They're not getting at the root cause. You know, I it, it seems that there is a, a massive opportunity then here to improve. And it, and it also seems to me like since this has through sort of a lack of knowledge and training, as well as what others might deem to be lower priority compared to some other more emergent conditions, I was thinking you know, as you were talking about what this must have been like during the pandemic, and are you seeing that driving some engagement for you? It's hard enough to get in to see a physician. It's probably really hard to get in to see a physician because you might be having some menopausal symptoms.
1: Yeah. You know, I think we saw obviously incredible growth really coming out of the pandemic. I think at the heart of the pandemic, a lot of women were focused on caring for their families and caring for everything, everyone and every everything around them because their world was kind of flipped on its head. But really in early 2021, as we started to emerge from the pandemic or some of the worst of it, women got back to caring for themselves. And we've really seen, you know, over the last uh, 12 months, over 200% growth in patients coming to book appointments, not only because telemedicine is just the new norm, but then also they're caring for themselves again. They're getting back to really addressing, wanting to feel better so that they can do their jobs well and care for others and their family and their kids and their parents. So we've seen just incredible growth, really spurred, I think, by the pandemic.
0: Yeah. It, it, it seems to me that this would lend itself very well to telemedicine, as a lot of this is talking about your symptoms versus probably minimal physical exams. So I would think telemedicine is perfectly appropriate for this. What kinds of other technology have you been leveraging to deliver care here?
1: You know, I think in addition to obviously the, the core telemedicine infrastructure that we built, there's the industry and the healthcare industry knows very little about women longitudinally from a data perspective in terms of how they progress through this 20 year, you know, shift in their health and then how it will potentially impact or even could be a predictor of long-term chronic issues, heart disease, dementia and Alzheimer's and osteoporosis. Those are the big three that are very much linked to how a woman manages her menopausal symptoms. And so one additional aspect to our platform is what we call our menopause assessment. And we've had over 200,000 women take this assessment and it helps them, it gives them information. It tells them, are you in, you know, if they're in menopause and if so, where in that 20 year journey. But we're using that data to longitudinally track symptom fluctuations and changes, how that impacts quality of life. And how over time the outcomes, the health outcomes of our treatment can change that for women. And the future of our our vision and the future of where we want to take that is to be a predictive data set around how we look at potential heart disease avoidance or osteoporosis um, Avoidance or minimizing dementia based upon the treatments that we're, we're giving a woman in her fifties. So there is a huge opportunity here to use data to the benefit of the broader healthcare industry, let alone to this this particular community of people.
0: Yeah, you know, that, that's interesting. So, you know, what you're saying is properly managed menopause leads to not only a better quality of life, but potentially less chronic. Disease and chronic type conditions, which would, of course, result in significantly less less spend and and less and less cost. Given that, are, are, have you been talking to or working with any any payers or employers yet uh, on, on this? As you know, clearly, there's there's some significant impact to what you're able to provide.
1: Yeah, you know, both. Um, In fact, there's been a lot of employer interest. Uh, We spend probably a lot of time just educating employers right now around how this can not only, you know, improve productivity and quality of life and retention of some of their most executive, you know, senior women leaders in the company, but I always remind them as well, every man in the company that is married to or, or partnered up with a woman in this time of life is going through menopause and menopause often impacts the family, you know, everybody around her um, just because of the impacts that it has on her. And so this is not just a, a female benefit alone, female workers. It is, it is for the men in the, the company too, but I think employers are getting there. Obviously cost avoidance is a huge component of what we have to prove. And I think that the biggest challenge is this particular Community of people have the costs associated with their care and the mitigation of those costs has never been studied. And so we're having to kind of prove that math equation as we go. Same goes with payers. You know, again, costs associated with women 40 plus haven't been singled out and tracked according to you know, misdiagnosed medications or treatments or, you know, the range of ER visits that happen because women are having heart palpitations associated with a hot flash and they think it's a heart attack. And so we've got to continually educate both payers payers in this space to start to single out and study those claims and compare that from an actuarial study perspective against the claims data on GENEV. So we're working, obviously, to get insurance coverage. It is a pay-out-of-pocket model. We provide a lot of receipts for our patients to get reimbursement, and our services are 100% reimbursable. But we're we're working right now with payers to get that insurance coverage up front.
0: Yeah, I would, I would think if you're able to secure that, that would lead potentially to a, a very large in, increase in, in business. How what kind of capacity are you built for today how many patients are you seeing a month
1: we're seeing about 500 patients a month you know we're we're licensed and operating in 49 of the 50 states so every state but alaska and so we're we're really ready to scale we also have a model in place where we not only are recruiting gynecologists and health coaches that have a baseline expertise in menopause or have taken the North American Menopause Society certification. But then we have our own kind of protocols on top of that. So we are uh, prepared and ready to staff up our medical team to continue to address the growing need and, and scale of this audience.
0: You know, speaking of that audience, it's a big audience. I'm sure you've sized it. There's tens of millions of women that that need these services. How are you How are you finding and doing outreach and educating people about this, that these services are available?
1: You know, I think you hit on it. Education is the core thing. Early when I started the company, we surveyed 1,500 women to really understand where did you go for your menopause education? You know, how'd you learn about it? And the overriding insight in that research was I was unprepared. Start the conversation. And so we made an investment to start publishing medically reviewed evidence based education from the onset and that we've optimized it for the high volumes. There's millions and millions of searches every month from women looking up symptoms and exploring because this is a little bit of an embarrassing, shameful aspect to our health. And so women go online, they're searching for symptoms and answers and solutions online. And so that's still today, we see about 100,000 women every month coming to genev.com. And they're finding us because of just looking up a symptom and landing on one of our education pieces. So we've taken an education first approach from the onset, not only in our practice, but in our growth uh, strategy, and, and it continues to pay dividends today.
0: That's a that's a sizable number of visitors, a hundred thousand a month. So that your word word is getting out there. That's fantastic. What's next for for Jill and what's next for Genev?
1: You know, you know. I think first and foremost, you know, we're we're obviously working with plans to get coverage up front. We want to unlock access. We have proven the model. Ninety four percent of our patients say that their symptoms have improved after working with our our team, and so we know we're onto something and we've just got to open up access for more women. So we're working to credential our providers in specific states as a start to get the insurance coverage we want. We do intend to go into the employer space as well. That's near and dear to my heart um, is really supporting working women. And then from there, you know, obviously we want to grow old with women and be her post reproductive, you know, go to in the future around really understanding how her, health and well-being now can impact long-term heart disease and and brain health and bone health. And so our only intention will be to grow old with her in the services and the education and the offering that we provide.
0: Well, Jill, I, I really enjoyed having you on the show today. Um, please promise to come back and see us when you're at 500 employees and you're a household name, because I, I, I really think that you're onto something here, and the, the the need is is obviously tremendous, and really really sounds like you're you're uh, you're going to have a lot of success. So thank you again for for coming on the show, and we will see you again in the future.
1: Thanks for having me. Well, it was great to be here.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Connected Care Team. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. To learn more about care team collaboration solutions, please visit us at tigerconnect.com and be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook so you can stay connected to the latest updates, news, and announcements.